It's not bad. It's actually pretty good. It's um, this V8 Fusion pomegranate blueberry is what it says real big right there on the, on the can. But I'm kind of curious. So I started to look at the ingredients. Vegetable juice, which is filtered water and concentrated juices of sweet potatoes, purple, purple carrots, carrots, fruit juice, filtered water, concentrated juices of apples, white grapes. Oh, now we get to the pomegranates and blueberries, some other stuff. It's weird because like the biggest word on the can is pomegranate blueberry, but there are ingredients six and seven on the list. You know how this works, right? So the, the, the higher, it up, higher it is in the list, the more of it there is in the product. That, that's how ingredient lists work. They go by weight. And so I really thought when I bought this, I was getting mostly pomegranate and blueberry. I mean, that's what's, that's what's on the thing. You know, you've got blueberries and this big, ripe pomegranate, and it's, it's, it's good. Don't give me, I mean, I like it. It just, I don't know, I'm, the mysterious natural flavoring, whatever that is. I, you know, you'd think it says pomegranate and blueberry real big, and that'd be the, the number one thing, right? It makes me wonder, what if, what if people were labeled this way? I mean, what if the biggest ingredient in your life was printed on your chest when you walked around? Would, would, would the number one ingredient in you be, be Jesus? Or would he be six or seven down on the list? I mean, are you, are you Jesus-flavored or Jesus-filled? That's what we're going to talk about today. If you have your Bibles, open them to Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 6. We're starting a short new series today called Get Rooted. And this series is designed to serve as an introduction uh, to our new Rooted experience. Uh, tonight, over, four, or excuse me, over 200 people uh, will come back uh, here uh, for session one of this 10-week discipleship experience. I've said before, I'll say again, you'll probably eventually get sick of hearing this, it's my intention to make Rooted the centerpiece of spiritual formation here at Chapel Rock. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited. Listen, there are lots of different ways to do spiritual formation. You can meet together in accountability groups. You can meet in a small group like with your life group. You know, you can be part of a Sunday school class. You can um, just, you know, have a, a meeting, with, you know, grab coffee with someone who's more mature than you in the faith occasionally and, and ask them. Just getting up every day and reading your Bible is like it's worked for a long, long, long time. It's a great way to do that. And we've, and, and not everything works for everybody, but and when we have looked at how spiritual formation happens, how you become more like Jesus, y'all, the best thing I've ever found is this rooted thing. It, it's, it's just, it's so comprehensive. It really addresses a lot of different areas of our lives. And so it's the best resource we've found by a wide margin. Um, this is not, and by the way, I want you to know that this is not something that, we went to a conference and we heard about this thing and we're going to do it, like without even testing it. We've tested this. The staff went through it uh, earlier last year, then we had two pilot groups go through it this fall, this past fall. Um, this has been weighed, it has been measured, and it has not been found wanting. In fact, it's been found more than adequate uh, to create the life of Jesus in you, or at least to assist in that. 
Um, so we're going to kick that off tonight. We're really excited about what this means for Chapel Rock. Over 200 of you have d- uh, signed on to be part of this with us. We're excited about it. Now, if you're hearing about it for the very first time, or you're finally really hearing what we're saying about like, what? what? Okay, um, here's the deal. Uh, if you'll come tonight at 6.30, uh, we will do everything in our power to find you a rooted group to be in. Now, that will only be on Wednesdays. The Sunday groups are, and other days of the week are packed. They're full. But we do have a few groups with a few openings on Wednesday night. So if you're interested about it or you're hearing it for the very first time tonight, 6.30, and here's the thing. We know there's a chance of weather. According to weather.com, it's not supposed to hit till later, like 9. So I think we'll be okay. But if it gets here early, all right, uh, just keep your phone. If you're signed up to be here tonight, keep your phone next to you. Because we're going to shoot out an email blast and a phone call to everybody uh, to let you know, like... It, you know, don't come, it's not safe. It should be fine, the stuff's not supposed to get here until later. So, um, we, and if it, this doesn't work for you right now, we're going to do another round of this starting the Sunday after Labor Day. So we'll do another round in the fall. And, and so you'll have an opportunity, if you haven't signed up then, uh, to do that. It's a 10-week commitment, costs 20 bucks, just that's for your book and a meal. Uh, and we're excited about what this could do. It really could change your life. So I want to thank you for being here today. Uh, if it's your first time here at Chapel Rock, I'd love to meet you when we're done. Like I said, I'll be right down front. Please come down and say hi. If you're joining us online, thanks for logging in from wherever you are. If you're local, we'd love to have you visit us on site. Um, my parents were here last week, and uh, they, they will be the first ones to tell you that online's fine because they watch every Sunday. Hi, Mom and Dad. Um, but, uh, but they love being here. And being here is great. And so if you're able to be here, you should be here. Uh, regardless, please fill out your online connection card. Let us know how many people are, are watching there with you. Um, here's what I want you to get out of this today. I want, I want you to hear me now, okay? Getting rooted in Christ will equip you to be like Jesus in the world. If you really want to live a life like Jesus, you need to get rooted in Christ that's why this is so important. I, I don't know if you've made any New Year's resolutions this year, but if you did, one of them should probably be to be more like Jesus this year. Really? Nothing? No amen? No? Wow, guys. We got work to do. Buckle up. Um, no, I mean, I, I, that's, <laughs> it's the one that pops up, you know, lose weight or get in shape or, you know, manage my finances better, whatever, get out of debt. Fine. If you're a Christian, every year that commitment should be, you know what, this year I want to be more like Jesus. Thank you! <laughs> I would hope by the end of the day that we all want to be more like Jesus. If you'll get rooted in Christ, it will equip you to be like Jesus in the world. P.T. Forsyth wrote this, Unless there is within us that which is above us, we shall soon yield to that which is about us. You see what he's saying? Unless you are rooted in Christ, (laughs) you're not going to make a difference in the world. So how do you do that? How do you get rooted in Christ? Well, I think there are two answers to that question. The first answer is this. You do that by the grace of Jesus. You get rooted in Christ by the grace of Jesus. Now, here's what I mean. Grace is both the means and the method of our collective Christian experience. The grace of Jesus is simultaneously the avenue by which you enter into Christ and the normative expression of his work in you. Some of you completely be like, what? Okay, let me translate that out of church academic world. 
Grace is how you get into Jesus and how Jesus gets out of you. I'm going to say that again. Grace is how you get into Jesus and how Jesus gets out of you. That's what Paul is trying to teach the Corinthian church. You've heard this verse. We looked at it together earlier. Let's look at it again. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted, there's our word, <laughs> rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. What Paul is saying here is that the way that we receive Christ is through grace, which is also the means by which we live our lives in him. Living the life of grace is how we become rooted in Jesus. He mixes his metaphors here. He puts two things together. He says that grace helps us grow down into depth in Jesus. That's the word rooted, going down. But it's also how we grow up into useful service and maturity in Jesus. That's the word built up. Do you see what he's doing? He's mixing an agricultural image with a construction image. He's saying grace helps you get deep in Jesus. It helps you put down roots in Jesus. But it also builds you up and it strengthens you and helps you grow in Jesus and go out and serve like Jesus would in the world. And this even gets more significant when you start looking at the grammar. The word translated rooted here is in a verb tense that indicates it was a once-for-all experience. In other words, it's when you entered into grace, when you got saved. But the word translated built up is in the present tense. And in, in the original language of the New Testament, a present tense verb is happening now and ongoing. So oftentimes when you're reading your, your NIV Bible, your, your English translation, and you see continue to, it's translating a present tense verb. So the word built up here is present tense. So rooted, when you got saved, it's when you entered into the life of Christ. It was a once-for-all thing. But built up, it's an ongoing process. It just keeps going. We continue to grow in Him. And some people, I think, have made this false dichotomy in their mind. They've, made, they've separated them out like, okay, I, I'm, 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 like, I'm saved, I'm good, right? I don't have to do anything else. No, Dietrich Bonhoeffer called that cheap grace. But you've got others who, who want to try to earn God's favor, like, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to grow, I got to grow. And they never once got a hold of it. It's not an either or thing. It's both and. It's both. Paul says, if you really want to get rooted in Christ, it's both. It's, it's when Jesus entered into your life, and it's how Jesus gets out of you into the world. He says, just as you received Christ. Well, how did you receive Christ? By grace. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. How did you get into Jesus? Through grace. And how is it that you express the saving work of God in you? Through grace. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. And by the way, the word gift and the word grace have a common root in the original language. So how did you, how did you become rooted in Jesus? Through grace. Grace begins this relationship by which God grows out of you to change the world. If you'll get rooted in Christ, it will equip you to live like Jesus in the world. 
Science writer and author of the book Lab Girl, Hope Jaron, shares an interesting fact about trees, especially how a tiny seed starts to put down roots, which is the most essential thing for a plant's survival. She writes, no risk is more terrifying than that taken by the first root. A lucky root will eventually find water, but its first job is to anchor. Once the first root is extended, the plant will never again enjoy any hope of relocating to a place less cold, less dry, less dangerous. Indeed, it will face frost and drought and greedy jaws without any possibility of movement. She calls putting down root taking a gamble. But she says if the seed takes root, it can go down 12 or 30 or even 40 meters for a tree. And the results are powerful. The tree's roots can swell and split bedrock. It can move gallons of water every day far more efficiently than any pump we've ever invented. And I love this phrase. If the root takes root, then the plant becomes all but indestructible. Hope Jaron writes, tear apart everything above ground. Everything. And most plants can still grow rebelliously back from just one intact root. More than once. More than twice. My brothers and sisters, what I want to tell you this morning is that no matter what life does to you in 2018, if you are rooted in Christ, you will stand. But you have to be rooted in Him. Because if you're not, life can just take the wind out of your sails. And the only way you're really going to stand, no matter what happens, is to get rooted in Jesus. You become a walking, talking, living, breathing expression of the grace of God in the world. But that's not the only answer to this question of how we get rooted in Christ. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 15. It's John 15 verse 5. There's a second answer to this question of how we get rooted in Christ. We get rooted in Jesus, or we get rooted in Christ through abiding in Jesus. Now, I'm going to define that word abiding here in a little bit, but just go with me for right now, okay? When we abide in Christ, which is way deeper than just continuing to call yourself a Christian when people ask, when we abide in Christ, we stay continually connected to the vital spiritual life that is only available in Jesus. And the power and the life that we have because of that is not native to us. It's not intrinsic to us. It's not ours. It's His that He's given to us. It flows through, you know, out of Him through us to change the world. It's not our power. It's not native to us. And we, sometimes we get confused and we think, oh yeah, this is me doing this. No, 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 no. Paul says, no, it's, it's God working through you. Jesus says in John 15, it's me living out of you. It's his power at work in us. We just need to abide in him. About five years ago, the Volkswagen Corporation produced a commercial that illustrates this idea of someone else's power working through us. Watch.
Jesus, what? It worked, you know. Do you ever have that with God? All of a sudden, you said something that you're like, I don't remember thinking that, but it came out of my mouth, and it was exactly what somebody needed to hear. Or you just, like, I don't know why, but I'm supposed to be here right now. Is it, are you okay? Thank God you're here. My uncle just called, my aunt died, and I need... That happens when you're rooted in Christ. The power of God flows out of you, and you it's not you, it's Him. When you're abiding in Christ, it's not you, it's, it's His power flowing out of you. That's what Jesus is saying to His disciples on the night He was betrayed. In John 15, look at this with me, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. We don't really have an adequate English word for the noun translator, or the verb translator, remain in this passage. The, the verb translated remain in verse 5 and verse 6 here, we just don't have a really good English word for it. In older translations, they use the word abide, which I think is probably closer to what it originally meant than the word uh, remain, which is why I used it in my outline today. It, it's, to me, it's the closest word we have. Abiding really has four ideas that are present in it. It combines this idea of dwelling, living somewhere, and, and the idea of putting down roots that you're, you're anchored somewhere. And it combines that with this idea of staying in one place, which is where kind of our word remain tends to go. We're going to stay put. And it also contains this idea of deep connection and relationship. All four of those ideas are present in this word translated remain, which I'm going to call abiding in Christ. Abiding is the way that we get rooted in Jesus. Jesus is very clear. Any spiritual power or vitality that we have comes from Him. It's staying connected to Him that gives us life. That's why when you sin, you feel distance from God. That's why the, the, the distance you feel from God and the guilt that results from that sin creates this sense of, I don't really feel close to the Lord right now. Now, there are times of testing, I believe, where it has nothing to do with your sin, where God, I, I believe, um, kind of pulls back a little bit to see, are you really going to follow me or not? But a lot of the times, friends, I know this to be true in my own life, when I have felt distant from God, it's because there's some, un, some sin I've got in my life that I've not repented of. And you can't repent of something that you're not initially broken about. Like, I, I feel bad that I did this. I, I shouldn't have done that. was wrong. Okay, when, when you do that, when, when there's that distance there, it constricts this flow of spiritual power in your life until you repent of it. And in the language of this verse, when we sin, you know, we're not doing a very good job of remaining in Jesus. Now, I want to be very clear. I don't think your salvation is at stake here. Okay, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying like you can wake up one day and go, oh no, I'm not saved. No, 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 no. But that sense of, of that connection to Jesus, that vital life that, that flows out of him into our lives and out of us into the world, it can be constricted by our sin. We have a sense of powerlessness. And maybe you're here this morning and that's you. 
And so in a little while, when we have our invitation time, you might not need to move out of your seat, but you got some work to do with God. you got a, a conversation that you need to have. And here at the beginning, the first Sunday of the year, boy, get that right, please. Eventually, after enough unrepentant sin and constricting the flow of grace in your life by choosing distance from God, Jesus says, your soul will wither up and die. And that's why, become, that's why getting rooted is so incredibly important. Your very soul depends on this. Your spiritual life depends on this. In fact, the word translated withered in this passage is the same one as the parable of the soils in Matthew 13, how the seed quickly sprang up, but then it withered because of the heat of the sun. It's the same word that is used in Mark 11 when Jesus curses the tree, and it withers. Listen, abiding in Christ is the way that we get rooted in Him, but it is also the work of being rooted in Christ. When you abide in Christ, when you get rooted, you bear fruit. And God works His will in the world through you when you get rooted in Him. It's a consistent theme in the Gospel of John. If you go back just one chapter to John 14, verse 9, look at this with me. Jesus says, Philip has asked him a question. He, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living. It's the same as the word remain in the original text. It's the Father living in me who's doing his work. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Now, the word translated living in both of those verses is the word, same word translated remain in John 15, 5. In other words, because the Father is dwelling in the Son. The Son does the Father's work. And because the Spirit of Jesus dwells in you by grace through faith, Jesus does His work in the world through you. True abiding in Christ means that you are doing the work of Jesus in the world. And the only way that can happen is if you stay connected to His life. In January 2008... A story made the rounds about a 15-year-old girl in Australia named Demi Lee Brennan. Brennan became the, first, the world's first known transplant patient to change blood types. She changed from O negative to O positive and took on the immune system of her organ donor. She received a liver transplant. At first, the doctors assumed someone had made a mistake because it's always been assumed that a change like that cannot happen. It's scientifically impossible. And now they say that she's a, quote, one in six billion miracle, end quote. The blood stem cells in Brennan's new liver invaded her body's bone marrow and took over her immune system. She now has an entirely different kind of blood, a blood that welcomes life rather than carrying death. It's like my second chance at life, she says. And friends, something similar happens to us when we get rooted in Christ. When we are washed in the blood of Jesus, his life comes into us. It washes away that old dead part of you and gives you life and vitality and energy and power that's not native to you. When God the Son became the human being, Jesus of Nazareth, (laughs) He possessed a different kind of life than we do. 
He possesses an infinite store of life that overflows out of him into our lives every day. And when we abide, when we dwell, when we remain in Jesus, he gives us that life every day. You know, Scripture says His mercy is made new every morning. Every day when you wake up, there is a full and complete store of the life and grace of God available to you. It never depletes. It never goes out. And the more you depend on it, the more of it you'll have. It is not to be hoarded. It's to be shared with everyone you know. Did you hear me? Getting rooted in Christ equips you to be like Jesus in the world. And the way you do that is by the grace of Jesus through abiding in Jesus. In the 2012 article, A Purpose Driven Cosmos in Christianity Today, Russell Moore wrote this. For too long, we've called unbelievers to invite Jesus into your life. Jesus doesn't want to be in your life. Your life's a wreck. Jesus calls you into his life. And his life isn't boring or purposeless or static. It's wild and exhilarating and unpredictable. And if you will get rooted in him, you can have a life beyond your imagination. I wish we had time this morning to tell you some of the stories that came out of this rooted experience that we went through. Some of the people in our group, and you heard a couple of them a few weeks ago when Corey and Carissa shared their testimony. I'm telling you, friends, when you'll get rooted in Christ, man, it'll change every day of your life. If you've never done that, if you've never begun that process in just a moment, you're going to have an opportunity to do that. The band's going to come back out. We're going to stand and sing a song together. And you have an opportunity to respond to this this morning. If you've never begun to get rooted in Jesus, to say, you know what, I, the old me, that old plant needs to die. We need to replant this sucker. You can do that in Christ. You can wash, the old life can die off. And a new one will be planted and raised up within you and you'll have his life flowing out of you. If you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, to be baptized, to receive his spirit in you, to give you life, you can do that this morning. Maybe there's a a conversation that you need to have with someone that's like, I don't even know what I need, but I know that God's calling me to do something. If that's you, you go to the next step room. We'll have our prayer counselors down here who are ready to pray with you if you have a prayer need. But I'm going to ask you to stand with me and you respond as God leads you to the word from his message today. Let's sing together this morning. Trust in Jesus' name.